overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hi, welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Tonight we get to interview our dear friend, Leanne Turner. Hey, Leanne, welcome. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Laura's not going to be weird, Leanne will. I love that somebody else does that. It's hard not to like to know how to start it, and I'm I am terrible at it. And you actually did better than me, and this is your first time. Yes, Ryan and I listened to this podcast together. This is the only podcast I've ever um, followed in my life, and we often go around our house and say profusion, surplus, <laughs> too much. <laughs> Love it. So that's the beginning of this show to me. But um, no, I have been so thankful for this podcast because I feel like I, well, you guys said something on the very first podcast that was like, DBC gives you wings. Mm. And like, I just feel like this, this podcast has like put a spotlight on that at Mm -hmm. DBC by just hearing like just the diversity of like Mm -hmm. people's journey and like the way that they're wired is like, I've just been like. The thing that y'all have said, like, really highlighting, like, who God is and, mm-hmm. like, what he's doing, like, with as women in our church. So. Yes. We recently interviewed Alicia Pearson and just talking about... And by recently, we mean one hour ago. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to ruin the magic for everybody, but we just did two in a row. Um, but no, we were just talking about... Um, how God's in the little stuff and how sometimes God being in those little moments and, and, and little life changes, um, can be even more glorifying than him in the big things. Cause it's so humbling that he can touch those small areas he, of our he life. He cares about this too. Yes, yes. He cares about the little stuff too. Well, we're so grateful that you're here. Um, I'm, I'm grateful that you're participating and mostly I'm so happy to see you because we were once in a small group together and DBC, Giving Wings, recognize that you and Ryan are awesome and so godly and God-minded that they um, pushed you into, not pushed you, encouraged you, and maybe a little nudging, um, nudged you into leading your own small group, which I know has been awesome from what I've heard of, from someone who's in the group. Yeah, we really just saw um, God gathering a group of um, people from our neighborhood whose kids all go to um, our kids' school, and it just seemed like we just saw a group of people that um, we were kind of already doing life with on soccer teams and different things, and we really felt like God was just saying, hey, this is a perfect time. Dive deeper. Yes. Well, and there of, were 12 yeah. people and uh, 12 couples in our life group, so it and felt like we kids. could lose. We could yeah. 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 Since we had a, a, a uh, you know, 50 children running around at all times it was uh it was a natural time to maybe say well we'll start we'll we'll branch um well tell us about your just basic bio um 
little bit about your childhood. Who you are, where you're from. Yeah, and up to, I mean, I also like to just hear about how you and Ryan met and, and kind of to this point. Okay, so I am from Oklahoma, and um, I grew up in Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, my parents are believers and, and in a great church, and um, there were some people who um, invested in me in that church, and I feel really grateful for, for my childhood and my time there. I went to OU, Boomer Sooner, and um, I have three kids. Oh, well, I've been married to Ryan for um, 14 years. And I have you guys met in college. No, well, actually, yes, he he's um, from deep South Louisiana, Mm -hmm. so which you would never go Tigers. I don't feel like he sounds like maybe he's and he's not only when she says that he's from South Louisiana, she doesn't mean Baton Rouge, she means Homa, which doesn't mean anything to you, but us Louisianans were like, oh, like South Lafouche Parish. Yeah, like south of New Orleans. Like south of New Orleans, like near Cutoff. <laughs> right. uh, there's a literal city in, in Louisiana. City is a loose word, but that is called Cutoff. Like Cutoff from it's the universe. the last point till you get to the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. And we can understand him still. Yeah. You know? I know. He can do a mean, like, Cajun accent. Can he really? Like, oh, my he, gosh. That's hilarious. Does his yeah. family have it? Oh, yeah. His dad. Oh, for us. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. His, his, like, dad's side of the family's Bajerons, their, uh, their name. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. That's Louisiana. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. That's no, Cajun. That is. So, not Turner so much, but Bajeron for real. So you grew up in a Christian home. Oh, well, yeah. She was talking about how she met. Oh Ryan. yeah, Ryan. Ryan. Okay, I um, which well, this will come later in my story, but I was working for Campus Crusade for Christ at. I at did know that LSU, mm-hmm. Louisiana State University, which is where Ryan went to undergrad and graduate school. So we met in Baton Rouge okay. when I was living and working there, and we have three kids: Brennan, who is eight; Elliot who is a girl, who is seven. <laughs> I like how you I love that. that. She's a gender-neutral name, so I always say that, um, even though she's super girly. Um, and Evie, who just turned five. So. And just three of the sweetest, cutest little kids. Your I've kids are, Gentle. are kind of like you. I want to pick you up and put you in my pocket. I want, <laughs> <yes>. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, and your kids, I want to pick them up and put them in my pocket, too. So like, dang cute. They're so cute. And I'm sure perfectly behaved at all Always. times. Always. Especially, like, you know, long days. Long the summer sun. days when yep. they're at home all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you and Ryan, have, you, you've been married 14 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And three kids later. Well, tell us a little bit more. So I know that we, again, we just talked to Alicia, and she was just saying there wasn't, like, this big moment where she professed her faith in Jesus Christ. She grew up in a believing She just moment. grew up in a believing But how moment. did you, yeah, yeah how did you come to know Christ? Well, I did kind of have a moment. Um, I, well, when I describe myself, um, my life, um, as a little girl and growing up, like the thing, the word I would use to describe myself is strong, really strong type A, controlling personality, um, I have a strong dad who's a leader and, um, it came out. Uh, pre-Christ in a way of just domineering, I need to get my way, Um, you do not want to cross her, kind Mm -hmm. of like was what I was known as. I remember calling and pretending to be a 
one of my friends and like breaking up with a guy on the phone. <laughs> no, because I was like the personality. I'm like, I don't care what anyone thinks. One time there's an edit alert that is sort of funny because Leanne, <laughs> you and I share this. That 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 was me pre-Christ too and a little bit post-Christ. Right. Um, when I went to visit a friend in Denver uh, last, I, it was April. It felt like winter because it was snowing, but uh, last April, they there's a Torchy's ta- Tacos, and they bad, they got takeout, and they ordered um, queso, and it was burnt, and they had me call Torchy's and pretend like I was, I was Mrs. Corey Gummelt, and um, that I didn't appreciate the uh, burnt skillet taste to my queso, and I would appreciate them comping the next time I came in my queso because this is inedible. So, two questions. Did they comp So, it? I sometimes pretend... Yeah, they, of course they comp it. And did your friend successfully break up with her boyfriend? <laughs> yes. And even even now that comes out. There's times where Ryan will call to... And he's like, yeah, they... Our credit card company said they just can't remove that from our bill. And I'm like, give me the number. Yeah, it's bad cop, good cop, right? And I call her and I'm like, it's yeah. it's been removed from our bill. Yeah. Anyway. Take but, it care of. But you know what? That's, the funny thing is, um, I well, I'm sorry, Kristen. Kristen Poole. I always say that it takes... Every relationship needs an a-hole in it. And I'm our a-hole. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So, um, but there's a cost for like releasing the Kraken. So, right, right. So we always lead with Kyle, like when in a credit card situation or whatever, we lead with Kyle, like the good cop. And then if, if good cop can't accomplish the task, bad Bad cop will get it done. Bad Mm -hmm. cop. But, but it is not usually worth my blood pressure for me to go all bad cop. So we try to avoid it Mm -hmm. because it is not without a price. Plus, some it's guilt some, plus, sometimes Christ doesn't shine his best there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and, that, and that's a great segue good. into my story. Back to my story. Yes, because good. I feel like, for me, I did just come to the point where I, I, I was eight, and I believed in Jesus, and I knew that I needed forgiveness for my sin, and I prayed a prayer with my pastor and said, I need you, I believe you, I trust mm. you for my sin, to pay for my sin. And so... Um, what that looked like over the next, um, you know, decades is me actually seeing that um, being a follower of Christ is actually being weak and not strong. Mm. And it's actually um, submitting and surrendering and worshiping his strength. Um, so that's going to be a lifelong journey for me. Um, but Would you say that your tendency is to want to initially rely on yourself and you get it done? Yes, definitely. <laughs> and it's why, like, people, you know, that have the spiritual gift um, of prayer, I'm like, I just want to be around you and mm-hmm. be near you more because I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. And I can usually get things done. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when the gospel came into my life at eight and, like, has continued to, like, press in deeper and deeper, it's like, actually, no, you're you're actually weak. You're actually mm-hmm. really weak. Mm-hmm. And you actually really need someone to save you and pay for your sin and you don't just need that you need me to live like the christian life every day Mm -hmm. so um so but i i've seen god use like the way i'm wired even as he's changing me and taking some of that away like i feel like he also takes our strengths and our wirings and says i'm gonna use it for my glory and so like when i went to ou um you know i was ready to like 
walk with the Lord and be a leader and somebody, a woman like invested in me. Her name's Amy. She discipled me. She showed me how to study the Bible. She showed me how to share my faith. And so I joined a wild sorority at OU and I was like, I'm going to share about Jesus with these people. So I was actually looking for the people going to Bear's Tattoo Den. <laughs> and hey, we, we bring it full circle. And uh, Born Playa, like, uh-huh. tattooed. Because I was like, I want to tell these girls mm-hmm. about the hope that I have mm-hmm. and about how they can have forgiveness and Something what so they're better. really looking for, mm-hmm. like, with everything they're trying to fill their lives with. And so... I actually got to like share the gospel with some girls um, in my sorority and see some girls trust Christ mm. and then actually got to disciple them and they shared with other people and you know even years later people told me hey your chain is still going like people are still sharing that like we're your great great grand littles mm-hmm. from the pie fi house and so I like God used that um, just way that I'm wired to be like hey I don't need you, but I love you, and so I'm going to use you in these people's lives. And mm-hmm. so I kind of had, like, a, at the as I was getting close to graduating, like, a Jerry Maguire, you know, moment where I was, like, spent all day at a coffee shop and with my Bible and, like, some key questions about my life. And I was like, why would I not go into full-time missions? I'm going to do this. And um, my parents were like, what in the world are you talking about? This is so weird. We don't know anything about this organization that you want to do this with. Or we are not actually excited about this. Mm. And so, even though your parents are believers, yeah. But they, it was just weird. I mean, yeah. and now that I'm a parent, I'm like, yeah, that I could see that that was mm-hmm. crazy to them. Um, that I was like, I'm gonna ask people, you know, to be on a support team and raise money, and I'm actually not gonna use my college degree. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell people about Jesus and. So it actually took a lot of um, that way that God wired me, that strong way, to be able to stand up to my dad, who's a strong leader um, that I looked up to, um, that said, no, I don't support this. This is going to put a huge hole in our relationship if you do this. But I felt like God was calling me to do it. And Mm -hmm. so I said, I have to choose to obey the Lord. And so there was distance in our relationship Mm -hmm. for probably 10 years. Um, but I did it and I moved, I said, put me at the farthest place away from OU that I could be like in our region and, um, with Campus Crusade for Christ. And so that's what landed me in Baton Rouge, um, at LSU where I met Ryan. And my friend, Carrie Kennedy. That's right. That's that when we, when we first met, we discovered Carrie Kennedy and I went to junior high and high school together. Oh, wow. And she, did, was she yeah, on Crusade staff with you? Because Carrie went to LSU, but but she was on staff. There was some Crusade. overlap, and there we was... lived together. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yes. okay. Maybe I probably so, did know that. Yeah. What a sacrifice, so. though, to um, to feel like in one way you're really answering a bigger call and 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 engaging in what God wants you to do, but really sacrificing some closeness with family. your your family. That had to feel really heavy. Yeah, I I feel like God provided for me in a lot of ways. Like I feel like um I felt close to him and intimate with him in a way that was like I can do this, mm-hmm. you know? Like my roots in the gospel are like enough, you mm-hmm. know? Like and also God really provided a family for me through the community of Campus mm-hmm. Crusade for Christ. It was like how I flourished and 
learned how to walk with God. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like that was another way that God provided for me. I love how you talk about um, that that kind of strength and boldness and how I, I love how you see the like where that goes in, in sin and how God can flip that on its head mm-hmm. and use that for his glory, for his goodness. Uh, like and, 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 and it is it's so um, you know Laura, Laura likes to say purpose driven. <laughs> And I like to yes. say image bearer. Okay, um, but I love, but but I, but honestly, like, I I I I love I love it when you see when 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 you see yourself as an image bearer, and and I love it when I can see it in other people. Like this is this mm-hmm. is who God made yes. them to be, and this mm-hmm. is exactly why He made them this way. And when they submit their lives to me. Mm-hmm. I can make this sin radiate me. Yes. And um so anyway, I just I I love that cuz I I love I love the that it takes it takes the person that can um call AT&T and let them know <laughs> to to stand up to their dad at 21 mm-hmm. and go even though you're a good godly man that I love, I'm going to I'm I am going to defy your wisdom and I'm going to follow the Lord. Like I'm gonna do what I, I'm gonna do what God's telling me. I, it would take that kind of personality to do that, and that's mm-hmm. that's I, I just I love seeing that in you. And then to look back and and say, yeah, but God made something else so beautiful. He gave me family or friends that became family, and gave you Ryan, and really blessed um, the other side of that decision and restored that relationship. Mm-hmm. Yes, and all I mean, all along the way, my parents were coming around and saying. Uh, we love these things our daughter's doing, and mm. they got to the point of, you know, saying, basically, you're cut off from us, like, you know, financially, and, and some different ways to being, like, fully on board, and, like, this is such a great organization, oh, and neat. supporting me financially, mm-hmm. and, like, God just totally, um... Changed yeah. their hearts on that. Yes, and, like, so much, I mean, that was... 20 years ago so mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. like restoration has mm-hmm. happened since then but, and I know. feel like just in that story you've already talked about this a little bit but how do you think that God I mean you've been kind of weaving this throughout but how do you think God's really uniquely gifted you well I think one of my favorite things to do is just talk to people about how the gospel affects their life and the things they're running after that aren't Jesus and how they're not really feeling them um my heart just kind of comes alive to talk about those things. You guys in your professional world call them mal- maladaptive coping strategies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I call it idol worship mm-hmm. and kind of like that's what I got to do for, for 10 years with, with crew is talk to college students, college girls about that. What are the things that you're chasing after and loving that aren't Jesus and mm-hmm. how are they destroying you? Cause we're made to worship him. And when we worship other things, they can't bear the weight of our worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then I, we got to do, my husband and I got to do that for a couple of years in Florence, Italy, together with crew. Um, and now I have those conversations with my kids. But um, I think just... Now, do, y'all, do y'all know Sarah Strand? Yeah. Like, not just from DBC, but do y'all, did y'all serve with Sarah in Italy? Yes, we were a year with her in Italy. Okay, so Sarah, and, and I love her too. Sarah and I went to seminary together. Okay, so y'all were there at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, we adore her, and we would do. And, she, and Sarah is, 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 I first met Sarah at Dallas Bible in 2000 when I moved to Dallas. And Sarah is one, for those of you who don't know, Sarah Strand is one of the missionaries that Dallas Bible still supports. Mm. And yes. she's still, she's still in Italy, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And like, we got to see her on one of the like missional days where they have the booth set up at Dallas Bible. And we were like, Aah. you know, that's when, when we first visited Dallas Bible, we came on the missionary Sunday because I was like, you know, I like because I had gone to Dallas Bible and so many people from seminary that I knew. There's there there's like four or five people that I went to seminary with that are missionaries that Dallas Bible supports. So I was like, that'd be a neat Sunday to go because maybe I'll run into mm-hmm. one of these missionaries, and of course I have, but yeah, <laughs> but not Sarah. So yeah, that, that wasn't that year. But anyway, um, so you and Ryan got to serve. Yeah, in, and in so, I mean, I just think when what Jesus did for us becomes fuzzy and diminished, we start to think about ourselves and try to make up for it by either, like, living in denial of our weakness and what we're struggling with or um, just trying to make up for it by being really good. And either one of those just kind of shrinks the cross and, like, what it is. And so that's why, like, I love talking about, like, what we're really struggling with and sin. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's a morbid fascination. I would use that word to describe like, this might be an edit alert or a side (laughs) sidebar, but like my sister has cultivated in our family, like an obsession with the movie, the Godfather. So I would say we have a morbid fascination (laughs) with that because it's like, there's no redemption in that movie. I don't know how familiar y'all are with that movie, Mm -hmm. but like, Really, you're sucked into the point of wanting him to go just to the dark side, and then there's no return. Mm-hmm. So it's not a morbid fascination with sin just to be like, let's just think about how deep sin goes and how messed up people mm-hmm. are. The salaciousness of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Nor is it, I had, Ryan and I were in a small group at a different church, and we were like, yeah, just we would just love for us to be more vulnerable like about our struggles. And the leader of the group said, I think what you're wanting is just, to be self-deprecating narcissists. And wow. Ryan and I were like... It's a big uh, jump. <laughs> what? So I think I'm not wanting to be a self-deprecating narcissist either, or to foster that. But that sounds so appealing. I know. But, um... Because oh, seeing, wow. seeing our sin doesn't... It doesn't change us or grow us, like, in and of itself. But it is the first step to, like, really seeing, like, the beauty of what Christ did for us on the cross. Mm. And um, I think, too, when we're set free by grace to see that he's actually more appealing and more delightful than our idols and our Mm -hmm. other coping strategies and the things we were running after, like, that's when growth happens. But we have to see how messed up we are first. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's how I'm uniquely gifted, but that's what I love to dive into with people. This is not, this is just because we know you, Liam. Um, and P.S., we'd love to interview people we don't know, too, although we enjoy interviewing people we know. But we can just press on the people we know a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. Like, whenever we're having trouble getting someone, it's like, we, like, just turn the crank on on, on the people we know. But, um, like, you're, you, it, you are segueing what you have done with Crusade into what you're now kind of pursuing now that your kids are getting school-aged, tell us a little bit about that. 
Okay, so I've just started seminary this past year at DTS um, to get a degree in biblical counseling. Um, what I was doing with crew, talking to college women, felt like counseling a lot because you're talking about abuse and eating disorders and so many things that I felt like I should have a degree to do this, but I don't, and I don't know the things you guys are already trained in. Like, I have not been professionally trained in, and... But, like, I love to enter into that brokenness, and I feel like what I have is the gospel, but, like, what I need is just some more tools um, to really help people. And so, um, I, it's kind of been a dream for a few years, but just out of reach until my youngest is starting kindergarten in the fall. And so, I started a little bit slowly this year and going to dive in this fall um, and take nine hours. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, you and you have not started slowly. You've done these crazy like week intensives and you're the kind of student that I was not and you read every word they tell you to read and have Do put in a ton of work. Do you suspect that Leanne does not have a point zero nine? I suspect <laughs> Leanne has never seen anything that started with just a point. <laughs> And I suspect that... Um, and I'm sorry, I keep saying point zero nine. It's, it's funnier. Point nine, it's, right? point yeah, nine. it's point nine. Yeah. It's point nine. It's point nine. But yeah. you know what? Once you don't have... When there's a point, if yeah. when there's a zero point yes. anything, it's not great. It does. Right. Yeah. At that point, it just doesn't matter. But that's matter. almost a one. It's true. <laughs> Which kind of sounds worse for some reason. No, but I mean, you have already put so much work into it. And I think that that's a testament to just how you do life. Like, you're going to go full throttle. Well, I was... Funny story from this summer. I took an Old Testament class and have been, like, really diving into Leviticus this summer. Uh, I don't know how much time you guys spend <laughs> reading Leviticus, but Tons. it's... I have not spent that much time reading that. And, like, I um, spent more time than I want to. But, like, to the point where I was asking people to pray for me because I was like, I just feel like oppressed and like this is heavy <laughs> and so at, in the class like I ended up raising my hand and asking the professor like do you ever feel like just dark like when you're in this book like just thinking about what living like in this point in salvation history if you pick up sticks on this day you're struck down like do you ever just feel like overwhelmed by the darkness of like what life was like before Jesus and he's like no I never do <laughs> And I was like, okay. <laughs> because you think deeply and you dive in and you put all the work in. And he's like, I haven't actually read Leviticus in years. I've no, got my he's, teaching. he's brilliant. And he was reading it at, out loud to us from his Hebrew Bible and translating it as he was reading it into English. And he was like, you can't understand the gospel unless you understand this book. So... Mm. You know, like, he just, he's processed it so much that he's like, it's not dark to me. I see hope, mm. you know? Who, like, who's who's the prophet? Dr. Allman. Dr. Allman. Did you have him? I, I never had him. I had Dr. Allen a lot for um, my Bible classes. And um, uh, Dr. Allen <laughs> was a little bit different than than Dr. Allman. And... Um, and not and, and not, Dr. Allen is very deep and, and uh, poetic in, in 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 his way, but I I do I loved him because Dr. Allen made you still like it's easy to fall out of love with scripture in seminary mm. because it can become an academic oh yeah yes. it can become an academic pursuit, and so um, Dr. Allen always in all of his classes had 
like the homework assignment, which we're doing in like, that's what, what we're doing in our Enneagram study. Mm-hmm. Um, so I assume everybody has like the background of, of, of having had a class with Dr. Allen, which is like, he just had to journal on scripture. He like, so rip it out of context that like, he, he was like, just read, like read this, read this passage and journal on one journal on one verse that jumps out to you. And if you have to rip it, if you rip it out of context, you know, you, I you, love you, that. yeah, because you get so bogged down in like mm-hmm. the, that. And, and again, I'm, I'm not encouraging people to rip scripture out of context, but, <laughs> uh, but I think his point was, Hey, relax, relax and love the word. And there's, is beauty in this. There is God speaking in this. Yeah. You know, don't don't lose that as mm-hmm. as you're stu- as you're studying. Don't lose that. And so, mm-hmm. his, one of his assignments for every one of his classes was was always we you are to journal in the passages that you're assigned to read, mm-hmm. and um, and not not that, study, just journal. That's like a life skill. Oh yeah, it was great. So, so so you do you th- you think it is it is kind of what you have been doing all along that God is like going okay now's the time and. I mean, I get, like, when I take spiritual gifts tests, I get discernment, which they say those people should go into counseling. So, you know, I just, I love talking to people about, like, hey, what you're really, what your heart really wants is Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm hoping to be just more equipped to do that better. And for people to be able to rejoin, like, I think that in the midst of brokenness or grief, People just aren't able to, like, partner with God and, like, his work in the world. And we were made to do that, like, as image mm-hmm. bearers, to, to drop a, <laughs> friend, a phrase. Um, you need to get your own. <laughs> yeah. That's mine. Because nobody else uses purpose, image right? bearer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm Jesus. So, um, well, and so tell me um, if you have had any personal experience, like, you're just kind of talking about transitional times with people when maybe you're showing them how God can can show up when you're encouraging them to seek God in their harder times. Have you had a time in your life where God's shown up in a really big way? I mean, I know that we no, all have No, life moments. has always been easy for her. That's right. That's what it sounds right? like. Isn't um, that so? But what, what is a time, I guess I should say, that God has shown up for, in a big way for you? Well, um, so the blessings and provisions of... Uh, what God did through um, calling me on staff with um, Campus Crusade for Christ. It really became like a community where I thrived and flourished and it felt like home. And so when Ryan and I got married, um, we got to serve together a little bit with crew. But, um, and it, you know, we it was a short-term thing in Italy. And so while we were in Italy, we began to just ask the Lord... What do you have for us next? What are you going to lead us to do? And like, one time I heard grief like described as anything that you would say, oh no, not this. Mm -hmm. Like if that thing happens, then that's grief. Mm -hmm. And so for me, the oh no, not this would be, and I was like white knuckling, like Lord, please, please don't let this happen would be for me to have to leave staff with crew mm-hmm. because not only was it a family and it was a safe place and it was a sweet place, but it was also, I get a lot of I just personal identity through it mm-hmm. in, in an unhealthy way. Like thinking this is where my worth comes from. I'm a good Christian because I'm do this. Mm-hmm. And this is a way that I make my life count for eternity. And this is who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I am if I'm not this. 
Um, because by that point, you know, I had been on staff for maybe eight, nine, nine years by that point. So, um, so Ryan and I began to ask the Lord together, what do you have for us next? Because we stayed one year and then we stayed another year. And so we were kind of praying, will we stay in Italy longer? Would we be on staff in um, the States? But what Ryan was feeling in his heart, Ryan is a mechanical engineer. His brain is wired and he's one of the only people that I hear say, math and order and things like that are beautiful and make him worship the Lord. And so he's like, I kind of feel like maybe let's talk about what would it be like for me to go back into mechanical engineering, which would mean that I would have to leave staff because you have to be on staff together as couples. And, um, I, that was my, Oh no, not this, anything but this. And like, or just a few times throughout that year, I just remember crying like before the Lord and being like, I, this cannot be what you're leading me to do. I can't, I can't do it. And I remember one time the Lord said, I'm still going to love you. Like if you did, if, and it was like, do I really believe that? Do I really believe he'll still love me as much? Cause I feel like I'm getting so much worth through doing this. And so I finally feel like I was to the surrender point of like, let me hear what my husband has to say. Well, I remember one time we were at a dinner with like the country directors of Italy who are kind of like superstars in like the Campus Crusade world and love them and look up to them. They had us over for dinner to kind of ask us what we were going to do with our future. And I remember Mm -hmm. in tears telling these people, I don't know if we were supposed to get married. And Ryan's like, I mean, it's like the worst, you know, it's, but that's what I was feeling in my heart. Like what, you know, what is happening here? I feel like the carpet's getting pulled out from under me because I love this man so much, but like, surely God could not be like, it felt like a way bigger step of faith for me to leave than when I said, Hey mom and dad, I'm going to do this. I don't care what you say. And so, um, we went on a weekend together and we like prayer walked and I, I like just listened to Ryan and like why he maybe felt like God might be calling him back into mechanical engineering and how, um, not only he worshiped God through the work that he would do, but like how he felt more equipped to like minister to people in that world. And, Mm -hmm. um, I, I just felt like in multiple ways through his word and through actually just impressions from the spirit, God said, Hey, I'm calling you to leave staff. And I, I feel like I was able to say, yes, okay, I'm going to obey you. So we moved back, we moved to Dallas, new city. Um, and so it was like a really, really dark time for me, mm-hmm. like where I was like, got into counseling mm-hmm. and was like, um, I don't know what my anchor is anymore because mm-hmm. I thought it was Cupid's Crusade for Christ. But I feel like um, God really used that time um, to remind me and to show me that he is the anchor mm-hmm. and that the gospel is the anchor. And I was really thinking, I don't know if Ryan and I are going to walk with the Lord if we leave this community and if our marriage is going to be good and if we're going to value like reaching out to lost people but god reminded me through his word and we were in a great church that basically told us every week like it's not about what you do for god it's about how much he loves you and what he's done for you mm-hmm. and like i just feel like through every book i read and every scripture that i read during that time like god just kept pressing that in like mm-hmm. this is who you are you're my daughter i love you I didn't need you to do all that ministry. I did it because I love you and I involved you. Now I have something different for you. And so that was like how God met me in that time, but it was a mess. And there were a lot of dark days. Well, it kind of spoke, it kind of um, 
countered the core of who you were. You're yeah. a doer. And so yeah. it, it kind of in your mind, your relationship with God was doing. You were doing his work. And so to be plucked out of doing. And sitting in the village apartments, pregnant by myself. Oh, mm-hmm. the village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who among us has not lived <laughs> in the village? <laughs> While my husband's at work, not knowing a soul in the city and just uh-huh. being like, what Wait, have I what done? What have I, yes. Mm-hmm. So. And God faithfully and repeatedly reminded you, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Like, I'm meeting you where you are based on nothing that you've done or could do. Exactly. That's the, that, those are the little things that we've been talking about. Like, to some people looking in, it'd be like, okay, so you left a job. That's not that big of a deal. But to you, it was earth-shaking and foundation-shaking for who you were, for your faith, for how you thought God viewed you. And he met you there and said, like, let's reveal some truth about who I am through and, and how you see me. Yeah, we learned, Ryan and I got to spend some time in a vineyard, in an actual vineyard when we lived in Italy during, like, harvest, and we got to see what, uh, just learn some things about, like, um, well, John 15, like, we saw that the grapes that were close to the vine were really, you know, luscious, and Mm -hmm. grapes that were far away from the vine were kind of shriveled up, but also, like, the pruning process is really drastic, like, when you see just so many branches, like, on the floor of the dirt and like did you need to whack off that much you know mm-hmm. and I really felt like that's what that time was was like you know everything that you don't need to grow I'm gonna get rid of mm-hmm. like and so I just felt like those things even a good thing like being in full-time ministry had become like an idol like mm-hmm. something that I was like I, I have to have this or I don't know who I am and, and isn't it isn't it interesting how God can simultaneously like no doubt he was still using you you were still doing his work and yet there yeah yeah that that there's still like there there's there's this intermingling of like our humanness where we can kind of taint the good things that Mm -hmm. yes take every good thing and make it the ultimate thing yes Mm -hmm. yeah so in his love for me he pruned that Mm -hmm. Tell us about, like, a, a way that you'd like to see God use you in ministry now. Like, a, your big ask prayer. What do, what, what do you, what do you want to see happen with the way God's using you, going to use you, using you now? Well, I think of two things. I think, one, um, for me, like, a big shift was, um, in, in the midst of all this thing that I just described, was shifting to like being a mom like I really felt like it was much less glamorous and even less spiritual um to do and I was like Lord I just need you to show me I know everybody says it your kids are your disciples it's kind of like a purpose-driven life thing for me like it was like so cliche and I was like what does it really mean and how is that really possible that it's that every little diaper you change and all that is as significant and so I just feel like the Lord did like I, one of my favorite like um in Acts 2 when Peter preaches and says repent and be baptized every one of you and he says this promise is for you and for your children and for those who are far off like and it was like I just it, it hit me like during that time like Oh yeah, God spreads the gospel through families. Like that's a mm-hmm. huge way that God spreads the gospel. Not just through missionaries over in Italy, those who are far off. Like a big way that God like 
grows the church mm. is through families. And so, like, that helped me embrace, like, um, and I just have Your had... purpose-driven life. My <laughs> purpose-driven life as a mom. <laughs> and my identity as an image bearer. Yes, yes. But, exactly. but, you know, I think there's so much truth in saying it's less glamorous. You know, it just feels like, okay, yeah, but this is just what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't there something bigger? Isn't there something, like... Grand. Yeah, more more far-reaching and, and, like, where I'm walking up to strangers and telling them about Jesus and bringing them to church. And, yes. Which Saving is great. people out of, like, sex slavery. Right, right. Which it. is all great. But, yes, I think sometimes, as a mom, I can minimize... Like, yeah, well, of course, I, of course I'm supposed to do this. Yes. This is just what I'm supposed to do. Um, but I think doing it well and being convicted to do it how God wants you to do it um, can, I think that is a huge thing. And, and no, it's not glamorous. Changing a diaper is certainly not glamorous, as evidenced by my experience at Terrace Pool today. <laughs> um, but, but uh, you know, God can be in that. Yep. God can be in every little zerber and, and smile and hug and, and discipline and... and um, can be growing you as well in those moments. Me, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's been a theme of this podcast is, like, how God has used motherhood to not only, like, he's using us and sanctifying us, mm-hmm. like, at the same time. Like, with lots of gospel conversations about sin and our need for Jesus, but then also just bringing out a lot of junk in all of us. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, thinking about ways I want to grow, I mean... I married somebody who uses, opposite of me, he uses his strength to be meek Mm. and um, to be gentle and to prefer others. Um, And so, like, as I was, you know, trying to grow for so many years and figure out, like, what does it look like to really love people not in the dysfunctional way that I have my whole life, is like he put it to, like, into a tangible expression to me, like, this is what it looks like. Like, Mm. this is what it looks like to really love people. Oh, yeah. You cannot love people and control them at the same time. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I see that and I feel challenged by that every day um, in Ryan. And I try to live that out with my kids and I just continue to fail. Like, I feel like I'm in a constant tension between, like, I want to shepherd them. I want to disciple them. I want to, like, talk about the gospel with them. But I also just want to micromanage them to make my life easier oh. and better <laughs> and more comfortable and so just a constant, like, rhythm of repentance about that. Um, and so, I mean, that's one ministry and, of course, prayer need. But I think the other one, I'm so nervous about how to balance um, being in school and, like, trying to take on something. I've never tried to do anything besides just be a mom of three, um, except for, you know, small volunteer opportunities um, at through church and different things, but, um, yeah, like, I feel really nervous, like, I felt more stressed this year, like, physical symptoms of stress, and, um, like, just maybe even a little bit of spiritual warfare, like, and doubt of, like, can I do, I don't think I can juggle all this, and so that would be a big prayer that I would, Mm -hmm. that God would just continue to confirm that he's calling me to do this, and that I, he's gonna equip me to do it, and, Give you the energy and endurance. Yeah. Because that's a lot. It is a lot, but I mean, I've I've already seen you be so successful in it, and it does seem like such a, um, 
I was going to say a natural leap, but it's just a natural step for you um, to be pursuing the profession that you are. I can just see it. And I just want to make another side note really quickly about Ryan, who is just such a lovely man. And, um, you know, when I think it's kind of, it can be kind of unbelievable to say, yeah, someone's going to step into engineering so they can glorify God more. Like, he just wasn't, he just ready to look. Doesn't that just sound... But it's so true for him. And I mean, not just through his work, but through his relationships with people at work. I've just been so impressed by both of you guys. You stepped out of... of official ministry and their intentionality yeah that's right with your intentionality <laughs> for Christ which is another one of those words but truly I, I'm like I'm joking but truly I mean I just don't think that the way that you guys is, looked on staff with crew I, I really doubt that it looked that different than how y'all live your life now um, I've just seen it so obviously in you guys that you have a heart for loving people you know, I know that y'all y'all didn't really want to stepping into small group leadership when you've got three young kids, you're involved in volunteering at their school, you're involved in volunteering at church, and Ryan's you just busy at work, and you just decided you, to start yeah, seminary. Yeah, you took on this huge <laughs> yeah, you started seminary, this huge program at seminary. Um that you guys were like, "Okay, we'll we'll step into leading this group because these people need a place, and we want to give them a place. So I just think that um, you guys have just been so, so faithful. And um, probably don't toot your horn enough in that, so I'm tooting it for you. Well, you're very sweet. Thank you for that encouragement. I feel like since we've not been on staff with crew, like God's really cultivated in us just a heart for missional things and evangelism and things to happen through small groups at church and like we just have a real heart for like not just in the extraordinary but in the mundane normal rhythms of life like people from our church who come together and worship together in the building of Dallas Bible that they go out and leave across Hillcrest and like over into their homes and in small little pockets um, are the church in little mm. in little bits and pieces, and the people we all know get to see Jesus and get to see and taste and see what loving community looks like through even if they never step foot in our building, they experience our church through our our life groups, and mm. so we just like have a heart for that, and we're in a great one, and um, you know that's our prayer is that um, through love and deeds that we could just be an extension of our church mm. that um, people who would never want to be actually in a church um, would feel comfortable like mm. relating with so thank you for saying that that's true it's very true and I know that you've had the same heart in your neighborhood and in your running clubs and um, I just think you're tuned in to doing what God wants you to do at all times uh, and I, I love that you can recognize how your personality, just the natural way that you're wired um, pre-Christ could have looked really different, but you're using those natural gifts for Jesus. And um, and you're being very purpose-driven in that. <laughs> I think that's reference number four to that tonight. So we're just going to keep that fire burning. Just keep it alive. God is good. I mean, he just... Any anything good that comes from any of us is just like his mercy. So, 
Leanne, we're, I'm going to jump off like I'm going to jump off the page. Is there anything that we haven't asked you that you'd like to share? I mean, because you came with notes, of course, you did, <laughs> because she reads all of Leviticus. That's right. <laughs> because you came with notes. Is there anything that we missed that would be you'd like to share? I mean, I, I can't think of anything other than, I mean. I just feel like, again, this podcast has grown for me, like appreciation to be at Dallas Bible and just how differently I felt as a woman with, um, you know, just passions and uh, ways that I would love to like jump in and serve. Like I have never felt so um, welcomed and like um, just yes, are you able to serve in this way? Please do. Like, I've been in several other situations, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, where I felt more, like, carefully vetted, like, or um, just, I think you guys mentioned on another podcast, um, you know, there's some open positions in the child care ministry, which I actually love serving in the child care ministry, but um, but there's other ways, too, that I love being a part. And I just feel welcome to the table and welcome mm-hmm. to the conversation. And Ryan feels that, too. But there's just there's been several churches we've been in where we feel like he's welcome to the conversation, but I'm not. And so mm-hmm. I just, I'm, well, and, and just especially, so I love that you mentioned that because I one of the things that I love about DBC is that even though it is kind of a, a church that tr- holds tr- very traditional views... Um, the value that they place on the service of women mm-hmm. is not unnoticed. Yeah, yeah, I, it like it, it cannot be unnoticed, and um, and I love that because especially the bolder personality types, there there are a lot of places where we don't feel welcome, <laughs> and um, and 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 feel held back, and mm-hmm. so that just having that opportunity of like, hey, we trust you. Like mm-hmm. we 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 trust you with the gospel. Mm-hmm. You're safe. You're safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Cat would say. Yeah. And so, yeah, that it seems like when you when when you would approach somebody with an idea, um, the 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 stance is yes. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. Not no or know. maybe or yeah. skepticism. Talk me into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of like yeah. Tell me more about that. Which is I think how so many things have been received. Um, yeah, just love our church. Well, Leanne, thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you tonight. Of course, we we miss you terribly in our small group, so it's fun yes. to get to hang out with you. And just appreciate your honesty always, and especially tonight. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. We'll talk to you soon.